0: Greetings and welcome to the Golf Bank System Podcast 143, this is our 2020 Myakoba Golf Classic Golf in Dubai Championship and South African Open episode. It's going to be stacked. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's PGA Tour and European Tour golf. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, guys. Morning, everyone. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble Aware. You can visit begamblerware.org for more information. And, of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews, masses of tournament statistics and our predictor models, all available, completely free of charge with no paywall. Please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. We are on Twitter. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. I am at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I just released this week's Mayakoba show show literally five minutes ago. Please take time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. Um, Thank you for the reviews that you've given us recently. It's so much appreciated. It's untrue and it really does help the show to be broadcast. And for basically Apple Podcasts, 60% of our listeners use Apple Podcasts. It gives us a real leg up in terms of the coverage that Apple Give us. I've got two to read out this morning. We've got a pack show, so I've got to move quickly. Uh, First review from Rusty Shane. He is in Ireland. His title is More Winners Than Hot Dinners. Five stars. Finally landing a few punches. Guys, love it. Thanks for the information, lads. That's from Rusty Shane.
2: What's what's Rusty Shane betting on, then? (laughs)
0: Well, maybe he classifies winners as each way returns. Uh, well, or maybe we're giving him some ideas, and he's backing players that we're not backing, and he gets winners.
2: Yeah, yeah, potentially. Perhaps he's gone for uh, Mister Acker like Barry mentioned last week. That would have been an absolute winner. But I'm, I'm devastated.
1: Happy. I'm still devastated. I couldn't get a price on hand for that. <laughs> a few guys contacted me on Twitter about it, so um, I think it's just an auto bet from now on. You know, just replace my uh, my woodland plan players with backing Paul's miscuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn. What can you Careful, do? Steve, or you're next.
0: <laughs> Rust is happy. I'm happy. Uh, and then, must listen five stars. The Golf Betting System podcast is a must listen for me each week. The analysis and insight the guys give is second to none and more detailed than I have ever found elsewhere. They make it easy to understand and help me form an opinion each week, as we always say. That's what we try and do, get listeners to form their own opinions. Not to mention... Their fantastic majors competition, which I was fortunate enough to win, despite not backing my own tips, it adds in an extra bit of excitement to major season. Thank you, guys. And that is from Matthew McFadden in Essex, I believe, because I was having a chat with Matthew uh, via email a couple of weeks ago. He he won that by a country mile, didn't he, the uh, 2020 majors? He did,
2: yeah. Um, well done. Thanks for the review, Matthew, and uh, very well done on winning the uh, the prize this year yeah he got uh, got two of the three winners and the third major it was the uh, the US Open where he picked Xander uh, who came fifth so he got uh, got two out of three winners and the fifth place from three picks which um, when you're doing that before the start of um, the, the major season that is a particularly good effort so uh, well done very well done. Just um, shame he didn't back him, of course, but um, that's uh, that's the way this goes sometimes, isn't it? Sadly. Yeah, me
0: um, earned some money out bet oh, absolutely. It can't, yeah. it can't be bad. Absolutely.
2: It? Absolutely.
0: Before you know it, we'll be launching our 2021 majors competition, which hopefully runs over four majors in their traditional major spots. But
2: who
0: knows? <laughs> I'm I'm going to kind of shun last week mainly because Paul's tips all missed the cut. Um, it was interesting to see Christian Bzeidenhut win at 18-1 to 1 and catapult himself into the world's top 50. How often have we been saying this over the last five, six weeks? He now sits 41st in the world and will be receiving his 2020 Masters invites within the next couple of weeks. It does tend to happen quite regularly.
2: Yeah, it does. And um, we've talked about Vazwan before in terms of his ability to master... Grind. Yeah, tough tracks. And uh, I think that's really his his forte. And, uh, uh, well, you can kick yourself after the event. You can post-analyse. But, um, yeah, it it was one that could have been easily um, backed and easily put up. But uh, sadly not. Sadly not. So, uh, yeah, we move on. Uh,
0: I think he's a very, very big talent. I just, and, and Barry might back me up on this, PGA Tour these days where it's birdie, 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 mm-hmm. birdie. It might be a difficult transition for Bruce Hoot to make the jump. You could see him being a major performer on tough tracks, yeah? But Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's on the PGA Tour, bread and butter, you know, 20 under par. That's something he's going to have to potentially develop once yeah, he's well, established himself over there.
2: It's, um, it, it's, it's not, it doesn't tend to be that way around, does it? A lot of the younger players or the players pushing themselves through the ranks tend yeah. to be better at these kind of easier te- tests and they mm. need to develop the grinding mentality. But he, he seems to have it the other way around, which, uh, as you say, it should bode well for some of the bigger tournaments over the uh, forthcoming yeah. years.
0: It probably means
1: he's going to be a better...
0: He's probably got a higher
1: ceiling.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah, longer term.
1: He's also young enough that he can adapt to the scoring pace a little bit. You know, it's uh, he's not he's not exactly an old man set in his ways. At twenty six yeah. years of age,
0: I know he did. He did win one of those events in South Africa at twenty four something under par or something ridiculous. Yeah, I he did. Which, on his uh, Wikipedia page.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, again, that kind of. We've mentioned that before, I think. I and mean, That kind of flies in the face of the, uh, the Valderrama win that he's got and also last week's win as well. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, as to adapting for the PGA Tour, it's, it's, clearly he's going to have to build that side of his game into, uh, into a kind of more regular uh, performance. But, um, yeah, he's a good player. Very good player. What do
1: you think about a sneaky outside shape for something like the players that doesn't always, you know, uh roll over and just you know, dish up a whole bunch of birdies to the lads. You know, there's there's a little bit of grind involved in that if the if the conditions uh will are you know conducive to that. Is he okay yeah. on Bermuda grass, Yeah,
2: yeah, well, yes. Um, there's, there's no issue <laughs> there at all. Um he's a very good patter as well, just generally. So um I, I think in terms of the way you look at things, Steve, um your kind of mid-scoring Category um would be ideal for him. Um, yeah. I don't think he necessarily needs to be proper, tough and technical all the time. I think you know, as you saw last week, fourteen under was the winning total for, for him. And uh, whilst no one else got beyond ten under in the end after the uh, after kind of the, the score started going south on uh, on Sunday, um, that still is a good target score for him. So if you're looking at him in the future. And um, when he does pop up on some of your events and you're looking at that kind of 12, 14 under target score. Um, and as Barry says, that's not dissimilar to a Blaze to a championship, really, that kind of that kind of target. Um, yeah, I can see him. I can see him developing. I can see him pushing on. And with that top 50 berth, he's going uh, to have access to whatever he likes, really. So, uh, yeah, interesting to see how he develops.
0: Let's talk Golf in Dubai Championship. Two tournaments on the European Tour this week and the final PGA Tour event of 2020. Mm. Take us through Golf in Dubai, Paul.
2: Yeah, so this is the first part of this week's double header. Um, The idea with this is we've got qualification for Dubai next week where the top 60 in the race to Dubai and the top 75 in the world rankings who choose to come get access to the event next week and um, there's no entry list on the european tour site as you'd imagine and let's hope we do get one before monday next week so we can actually see who's committed to this um as it stands the only name that's been mentioned is patrick reed um and clearly there's going to be a number of players who could choose to come over and play this but um uh, we'll have to wait and see with bated breath as to uh who decides to uh to turn up next week And for the rest of the cast, clearly the top 60 in the race to Dubai is the key target this week. So um, players both here in Dubai and also in the uh, South African event, which we'll cover a bit further on in the pod, um, are both vying for the same target, effectively. Um, This week first, though, we've got the fire course at Jamiro Golf Golf Estates um, is the host this week. So ordinarily, we go to the earth course for the... Uh, season finale which we've got next week at Jamira, and um, this week we're at the fire course um, there's no history for this there's no um, events that have been played here of any consequence it's the inaugural event so if you're looking on the website for um, previous data we've only got form stats this week That's the only thing we can really go with sadly um, the other point to note is this starts on Wednesday this week So Wednesday over in the UAE, time difference that effectively makes it 3.10am tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning when this event starts. So if you're looking to get a bet on, if you're looking to build your DraftKings teams, make sure you do them tonight before you go to bed um, over in the UK. Otherwise, you'll be sorely disappointed when you wake up in the morning and you find that uh, it's already started. Um, fairly good, uh, fairly good field, though I must say. You know, some players have clearly decided to come over for this and to acclimatise and get themselves ready for next week. Uh, Bobby McIntyre leads the field um, in terms of the betting, twelve to one. Clearly, he won the Cyprus showdown a couple of weeks back and uh, was sixth last week, hence his price. Uh, Bernd of fourteen to one. He was fourth at the. Um, it was the RSM Classic, wasn't it? A couple of weeks back on the PGA yeah. Tour. Um, so he did play nicely, yeah. Martin Keimer, 14-1 to 1 as well. He's been in the mix um, kind of four or five times over the last couple of months, hasn't he, um, without actually getting over the line. But uh, you can see Keimer, um, if he does manage to get one of these wins, um, push him back, and uh, there's plenty of time left in his career. So interesting, again, to see how he goes this week. Matt Wallace, 18-1. to 1, Thomas Detry, 18-1. to 1, Thomas Peters, who's been backed in quite heavily, 20-1. to 1. Uh, Andy Sullivan, Aaron Rye, both 25s. Adri Arnaus, who again had another good chance to win last week, 33 to 1. Um, 35 to 1 bar those players. So, decent field. Um, a few dropouts um, from the initial field. Both Rafa Cabrera Bello, I think, he's playing over in your event this week, Steve. And yeah. um, Lee Westwood is right. also.
1: He'll yeah. have a new caddy this week. Rafa will, himself and Colin Byrne, split up. Right, okay. So that might just, yeah, worth keeping an eye on Rafa, you know, the new caddy might just unleash him. The or, caddy factor, uh, the,
2: the caddy bounce. The, yeah. yeah the caddy
1: bounce. Yeah. New caddy bounce. We'll have to come up with a better tagline for it, but yeah. <laughs> just,
2: just, yeah. Well, well,
1: tidbit I saw.
2: Yeah, yeah. Worth keeping an eye on But yeah, he was originally penciled in to be playing over in Dubai, but clearly um, decided to play over in the States instead. Um, the course this week, we've got the fire course, as I mentioned earlier. It sits on the same piece of land as the earth course. Um, it sounds like they're also going to build the water and air courses at some point in the future as well. So we'll have a full set of the uh, elements over there at Jumeirah Golf Estates at some point in
1: the uh, Are they just the building the, it's the Power Rangers Golf Resort? <laughs> yeah it was clearly
2: a popular um popular destination with um holiday makers and this is the idea with this the earth course clearly is a stadium course they're built for the uh for the um, finale for the for the european tour the fire course is a little bit more designed for the you know more average golfer i guess and they tried to make it different um so I don't mean there's any point in having two identical courses next door to each other. So although they use the same grasses for both tracks um, in terms of the Bermuda fairways and greens, there are some subtle differences between the two. Um, It's 7,480 yard par 72. It should play a fair bit easier, though. And we do get some low scores at the earth course, so it'll be interesting to see exactly how low they really do go this week. Um, The handicap course rating for this is 110 versus 140 on the earth course so it should play quite a bit easier and um, I saw it equated to around about five strokes for a um, for a, for a handicap golfer in terms of their the difference for them so um, we should expect the players to be going a little bit deeper than they even do around the earth course this week. Um, the grass around the holes is longer, longer and wispier and um, it looks a bit like long f- fescue in places Um, And coupled with the fact that it's on the edge of the estate, it's a bit more exposed. I think the idea with this track was to try and make it a little bit more linksy in terms of its look and feel. Um, It's always dangerous classing um, desert-style tracks as linksy, but uh, we often do see kind of some linksy-style features in some of them. Um, Doha and Qatar is one that springs to mind. Um, And I think that's the the idea with this, to try and differentiate it between the earth course and this track was... uh, to kind of give it that bit of an identity, I guess. At four par fives, two of them particularly long over 600 yards and a couple of short par fours. Um, there's undulating fairways and with a couple of these longer par fives, if you catch the right part of the fairway, you can be hitting it 350 plus in terms of your drive. So um, I think depending where they put the the um, T positions, you're going to find that a lot of these are reachable anyway. Slower greens than the earth, so it should be um, should be a birdie fest. I think you're going to find it's well, you know, 20 under, and maybe, maybe even deeper than 20 under is going to be the uh, winning total this week. Um, particularly with weather set fair, sunshine 26 centigrade, which is, what, 79 in Fahrenheit, winds 5, 10 miles an hour. Nothing much more than that. Really, that's about it. We've got nothing else to go on because there is no course history here. And the way I've kind of deciphered this is to look through form in the desert, look through form on Bermuda-based tracks, and um, look for players who like a bit of attacking style golf as well. And those were the motivation to uh, to do some, do some damage this week. Clearly some players are working towards that top 60 position, some players have got different ambitions in mind, which is kind of where it's led me with my three picks this week. Um, Top of the shop, I've gone through the the market leaders. The one that I fancied the most was Matt Wallace. Um, 20 to 1 was the price of it yesterday. He's been nibbled in a little bit. There's still plenty of 18s out there. Um, I think out of those market principles, Wallace may well be the hungriest to win here this week. He's 50th at the moment on the race to Dubai. So to actually win the race to Dubai would be some monumental task. I'm not even sure it's mathematically possible, but but maybe if he went win-win, he'd get close depending what others did. I think for Matt, though, the real target, um, the real number that gets him is that he currently sits 51st in the world rankings. And that should be far, far more interesting. And we've seen him hover around that number for the past six or eight weeks or so, where he's had a decent result and a couple of middling results and kind of just gone either side of 50th. But right now he sits 51st and... For his own objective, for his own um desire to make that Ryder Cup team next year, he needs to be inside the top fifty, not just now, but for the remainder of next year. So he's got access to everything that he needs. He needs to be playing all of the events, all of the big events that are gonna give him the most um the best chance to reap the kind of numbers, the kind of rewards that are going to get him um, well inside that uh, Ryder Cup qualification criteria. So first target for him, absolutely, has got to be to get inside that top 50 for the year end. So he's got this week, he's got next week, and I think he's going to be massively motivated with him um, to do, to get himself inside that spot. And we've seen some decent stuff for him recently. Second at Fairmont, um, it's only Adrian Otegi, and Adrian Otegi's final round that day, um, his putter was absolutely smoking hot and that was the only reason that he didn't win that week. He'd had a couple of decent efforts at the Scottish Open and at um, at Wentworth before that um, and then clearly that was kind of coming to a peak in terms of his form and uh, you know, on another week he could well have won that. Following that, 46th for the Masters, 37th at the RSM, but played really well at the RSM, which was an interesting um, point to take out of his game. And he's been talking on Twitter about how good his game is at the moment. I think it's just a matter of time before he gets over the line again. Bit of uh, uh, Dubai form, particularly in the desert part, desert form in the past, second at the earth course here, well, next door in 2018, second at the Dubai Desert Classic in 2019 as well. So doesn't mind a bit of desert golf, doesn't mind a bit of Dubai. And um, he's that kind of focused player who's, I think, going to give this absolutely everything this week. And while the putter's warm, he should be able to make the birdies that uh, we need to, uh, to see him over the line here, I think. Uh, so twenty to one for Wallace. Um, two slightly longer prices. Alex Levy uh, fifty-five to one. The price yesterday. Again, he's been nibbled slightly fifty to one at the moment, but still decent price there for Levy. He's one of these players who tends to kind of um, show you that he's playing well, and then uh, goes on and, and performs and potentially wins. And I'm a big fan of Levy, as you know. Um, it's great to see him swinging at full pelt again. There was a period where he was struggling with back issues, and he just wasn't swinging freely and um, you know, he just wasn't getting the results, so he was missing a lot of cuts, and that seems to be behind him now. Perhaps the layoff, um, the enforced layoff for the uh, for the lockdown, has really helped him because he ended up having twenty weeks off in total, and he's come back and his form's picking up very nicely. Uh, Seventh for the Cyprus Showdown, long game looked really good. Second for driving accuracy, first for greens in regulation that week, sixth last week at Leopard Creek, which. Leopard Creek, tougher setup. This week suits him far, far more, in my view, than last week did. So to see him come sick last week at a tough Leopard Creek is a big tick in the box for me. Um, And again, talking as we did with Wallace about uh, desert form, since the start of 2018, 7th in in Abu Dhabi, 4th at the Dubai Desert Classic, 4th in Oman, 5th in Saudi Arabia, and clearly comfortable in this part of the world. So quite happy to take a bit of Alex Levy around the 50 to one mark. And finally of my three, Marcus Kinholt, who again, I backed yesterday at 80 to one. There's still 70 to one available right now. And I think that's a decent price on him. And um, he skipped the last two South Africa events. Um, sensible man. I wish I'd skipped the last two South Africa events. I must say. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he's taken a couple of weeks, couple of weeks out to uh, recharge his batteries. Um, before that, we saw him finish sixth at the Scottish Open, tenth at Wentworth, and um, the Cyprus Showdown was his last outing. He shot 68, 68, 69, just failed to make the final day of this uh, Cyprus Showdown. And depending where you look for your stats, that will show as a missed cut, but it's far, far better than that. So um, that doesn't bother me in the slightest. The point with Kinoshita, though, 61st right now in the race to Dubai, so simply has got to perform here this week. Um, and, and again motivation should be strong then um, second at the ned bank in this equivalent event or the equivalent spot in the uh, schedule last year before the of course and again comfortable in the desert lots of form from both the challenge tour in the past the um, european tour third and seventh in qatar from both doha and the uh, the new track at education city i think it was this year and um, so a couple of uh, decent top seven finishes in qatar as well um, led the field for putting at the Scottish Open and was strong in terms of his long game at Wentworth. I mean, for me, there's lots and lots to like about Ken Holt. Um And uh, the the whole, you know, if there's a bit of a dialogue around the fact this is a little bit linksy in style, then you've got his, um, his win back at Hillside to draw back on as well. So, so yeah, I, I, I really fancy the chances of Kinnault to come in that uh, kind of each-way positions. Um, Levy two, potentially, and Matt Wallace to win this week. So, they're my three against the field in this what 108 man field I think it is over in Dubai this week.
0: Levy's he's definitely um, he he was right in the mix for that Cyprus showdown, wasn't he? Yeah, it came he was, from nowhere all of a sudden, playing good golf. And like you said, if he if he's finishing top ten at a you know a test of a golf course last week um, with momentum. With desire and confidence, this kind of course in the Middle East, where the scoring is going to be a of a lot lower, is right yeah. up his alley, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think Theoretically. So. you often you often see that, don't you? Someone who it, it, the, the kind of the shackles are released at that point, and uh, he can uh, he can go and play the kind of expressive golf that he likes to play. And uh, yeah, mm. I can see him making a lot of birdies this week, Alex Levy. Fingers crossed! Fingers crossed! Any other fancies from you two guys?
0: Not from me.
1: Barry, uh, well, in in the theme of ridiculously long prices uh, being predom- the predominant factor since we've uh, golf has returned, uh, I kind of had a quick peek at your. Um predictor models uh paul be nice yeah. if you had like a desert factor actually in there just to just to be a pain in your side you know yeah
2: yeah it's, it's something potentially with the european side it's all built into uh, the pga tour which the stats are far more extensive for but mm. yeah i know you
1: guys try i know you guys track it and you have nothing better to do over christmas so this is going <laughs> to gnaw away at you until you have a desert factor in there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just scrolling down the uh the predictor rankings to see Matthew Baldwin in ninth and he was 200 to one so I was like this is interesting so let's dig into this a bit further on the fly research on the podcast so in his last six outings he has three top nines now somewhere on been on the challenge tour but he's still playing and so I was like that, that that's worth looking a little bit deeper does he have any desert form and he actually does. So, back in 2019 at the Troon Series, he finished second, and that was in Dubai Hills Golf Club, which, I mean, just on a quick cursory look, uh, has a a similar-ish feel uh, to the fire course. I could be completely wrong on that, but I need to back up my pick so it looks the exact same, okay? Um, And uh, he also won a tournament in Jordan that year, so... I'm I'm just deducing from that he doesn't mind playing golf in this part of the world and he is two hundred to one so let's go make Christmas beautiful, Matthew Baldwin people.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's been playing some some nice stuff over on the um, on the Challenge too and that that ninth you mentioned the one of, one of the uh, recent finishes was the uh, Scottish Championship up at the Fairmont which again if you kind of draw this linksy style comparison um, in you know in some tenuous fashion to what we will see this week. Then, uh, yeah. Not a bad ten- shout, potentially, bad.
1: Ten- tenuous is the word we need these days. <laughs> 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 I,
2: I, you can build a narrative, a tenuous narrative about anything really, Barry.
1: If you oh, know, God. Yeah, absolutely. I, I could give you a very, very compelling argument to back anybody in the field, whether they're <laughs> successful or not. as a com- completely separate thing um i might i might have a look at will Bessling again who who went pretty well last week um but just not quite well enough uh so you know another 50 to 1 somebody's playing pretty decent and you know maybe this course uh a little bit less um last week's course was a little bit punitive you know so maybe this one is a little bit more uh accessible and easy it might uh it might unlock him. He might just be like, "Oh, thank God, I can make a whole bunch of birdies this week and not be
2: yeah.
1: uh, not be scared of doubles every second hole."
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a difficult one, difficult one to try and assess, isn't it? Because it clearly will free the hand of quite a lot of the players in terms of the style of play and of being far more aggressive. And um, if Beslin could uh, put, uh, you know, maybe gain a couple of putts per round over what he does at the moment, he'd be very, very competitive because' mm. long game he's very strong uh, yeah well, that's he's got he's got
1: some some good results recently and 50 to one I don't I, I might just rather than just uh, throwing him into the trash pile after only finishing 13th for me last week mm. just, uh, I might actually just stay on board one more week and uh, instead of the the early release which we've all fallen victim to
2: patience Barry.
1: I have none of it <laughs> <laughs> I think I found the winner
0: of the Mayakoba Coba golf Classic Based upon previous PGA Tour winners this year, Go on then, mate. have Scum done absolute, Steve. done absolutely nothing. But yeah, kind of play well on the course. I mean, we can do play, with a winner. I know I'm not even going to mention Robert Streb because I know it upsets Barry. Still, it's got to be Johnson Wagner, isn't it? A five hundred to one this week. He's an absolute horse for the course. So Wagner, it is five hundred <laughs> to one to win. That's that's all I need to say, isn't it? What could possibly you could even have Matt Everett
1: 750s? A oh, podcast on. friend, <laughs> poor old that? Matt. Do you know what, Matt? He's actually, in fairness to him, he's getting a few holes deeper into his first round before <laughs> he hits the eject button. So, <laughs> clear, clear, clearly, his engineers are working on a delayed fuse for the eject button when he hits it, you know. So, it just doesn't. <laughs> It, they just need to figure out how to get him through the first eighteen holes of the tournament, and yeah, then uh, yeah, okay. then he miracles did, can happen.
2: He, he did make it up to about the ninth hole, um, three or four events back. Where I think it was yeah. four under through nine, and I did start to get uh, a little more excited than normal. Um, that it, uh, it, it carried that through, which I think actually, if it had it, had he got to minus eight, I think he would have uh, he would have been first round leader, of it. Alas, not.
0: It's a decent show this week in Mayakova, actually. actually. Um, uh, since the Span Spaniards got involved, OHL. I don't know. I don't think they're sponsored now. It's another company I've never heard of. Um, presented by. Uh, you'd need to look on the PGA Tour website for me and dig it out. But um, it's a seven point two million dollar purse, and you know, and when the European Tour is trying to compete the Dubai Championship with a one million euros, is it or two million euro yeah. purse. Yeah, yeah you, can see, you can see you can see right you can see why Rafa's kept himself over in Mexico for the week, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, Brandon Grace has decided not to defend his South African Open title, yeah. and is playing in Mexico. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson was meant to be in this but withdrew after he's won the Masters. Um, uh, you can imagine what price Justin would have been to win this. Or Dustin rather. Dustin. Justin's the favourite. Brooks Kepka, Harris English, Berger, Answer, Victor, Tony, T4 Tony is playing. That is, uh, you know, ridiculously crazy 16 to 1 price point. Henley and then Ricky Fowler. There's some good names in this. Mm. And then you've got the likes of Zalatoris, Connors, Jokin, the Wundekin, Neiman, Horshall. Ortiz, Todd, Munoz. Yeah, it's a good field. I like it. It's gotta be, got be the best
2: it's got be the best Mike field yes, that have ever assembled, isn't it? I think so.
0: And because the Tiger World Challenge hit and giggles has been cancelled this year, I think you've had a couple more of the bigger kind of names saying so, when well, I've always had a spot in my schedule I played it. Yeah. And there's this PGA tour rule where you have to is it play every tournament within five years and Yeah,
2: just
0: I think it crosses off the list, it doesn't it? Doesn't it? Pot- Yes, it mixes the pot up a little bit, doesn't it? And mm. actually, it's not a bad place to go for a holiday, isn't it? Playa del Carmen in Mexico. Oh, it looks beautiful, doesn't Caribbean it? Caribbean coastline. Mm. Looks nice. Um, inns, that's what we're looking for this week. Inns. Um, are we going to have a sensible winner or are we going to have a 350-1? to one? Well, I, I can't. There is one player, actually, at a good price I do fancy and didn't make my tips. So I'll throw him out there straight away. It's Andrew Putnam. Two hundred to one, Putnam, and he's starting to hit some fairways and greens. And we know he's a decent putter, Putnam. He's had a terrible year. Started the year forty-first in the world, and he's just collapsed. But just there's a few green, root, you know, green shoots, shoots. His his fla- his flower seems to be budding early, <laughs> just before Christmas. I think Putnam at two hundred to one. Bearing in mind, he's finished second at the Sony Open. Second in South Wind, he's got a lot of correlating course fall. I could see Putnam going well this week at 200 to 1.
1: Are you just a question about the guys, yeah, the course form in Mayakoba? Because it seems to be a bit of a funky track, and guys either take to it or they don't. Yeah. I mean, how much weight do you put on that if somebody doesn't have any particularly good results at this well, course this yeah. week?
0: We've had, um, we've had winners here in the past that have had very little course fall um but you do get your Charles Howell the Thirds don't you? It just seems like a religion I mean Patton Kaziah when he won here, was had had one appearance and finished fifty eighth that was three outings three renewals ago um Pat Perez four appearances thirteenth and the sixteenth uh, Graham McDowd only played once he'd made the cut sixty third yeah, yeah I mean to Charlie
1: Hoffman won. He won it, and then has five missed cuts in a row. That'd be Charlie. <laughs> like, so he's clearly just celebrating every time he goes back each year. Just like you know, just get it, just get out the vintage tequila, boys. We're going nuts this week. Like
0: I think Charlie likes. Uh, he likes to sit on sit by the pool, doesn't he? Get stuck in. He'd be a good friend of Matthew Fitzpatrick on a Wednesday night. I think Hoffman. <laughs> maybe he is. Maybe that's maybe that's Matthew's Thursday problem, but um. Yeah, it is. It is it's a, that's a Do you know what? That's great. A funky track. I see that. Sub, sub 7,000 yards. Paspalum Fairways and Greens. We don't see a lot of those. Um, Puerto Rico being one. Corrales being another. You can look at the CIMB Classic in Kuala Lumpur uh, before 2018. They changed the Greens there to, to Bermuda. But there's some... Oh, by the way, Justin Thomas won there twice. So, you know, Paspalum is... Let's be frank. If Justin Thomas turns up and actually plays to the best of his ability, he'll walk this. Um, it's just whether he's going to do that to a certain extent, isn't it? Um, I don't know. It, to me, it's a you know, Brendan Todd, Matt Kuchar. These are great wedge players, aren't they? And great putters, right? Pat and Keziah, We've we've seen recently that guy is an absolute. When he's confident, he's a demon with the pat putter. Um, it's almost getting short game specialists who have actually having a good time with their with their driver and irons, and can make enough birdies. Pat Perez is another, isn't he? When he actually clicks with the putter, you know, he, he can be absolutely demonic with his scoring. And and 2015 was Graham McDowell. I mean, there's 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 the art, you know, the real. Again, it's a short course. I think the shorter players target this tour and think, you know what. You know, you've been saying this recently, Barry. I can actually go out and win this week on a golf course that doesn't actually penalise me for hitting it 280 yards off the tee. It makes no difference whatsoever. Mm. It negates strokes gained off the tee. And actually, you look at it, it's um, it can be if you're if you're wild off the tee. There are enough mangroves and canals on pretty much every hole that just eat errant um, drives you you can rack up doubles and trebles here if you're you're really bad off the tee
1: yeah there's no kind of soft grey areas it's very binary when you're that bit offline it's like your ball is either good or it's gone there's no zone of real doubt
0: you know these courses you and you're out but when you watch this you watch it and you go my lord it's quite a tough driving track I know the fairways are quite wide the rough's not penal but when you go beyond the rough, you're into deep
1: mangrove bushes and
0: hitting it in the in canals.
1: Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're into your bike <laughs> to reach for another ball. That's what yeah, you are. <laughs> exactly. So,
0: you know, when I'm seeing Harris English ranking 126th for driving accuracy at the RSM the other week, at 12 to 1 on Sky, I bet it's not filling me with much enthusiasm. Because if he has another week like that off the tee... I don't care how good his course form is he, he just won't compete. Mm.
1: You can't do that. You no, know, you don't have a chainsaw on your golf bike, do you? No. To <laughs> get through the mangroves.
0: But if you are if you're a strategic short saw who can just metronomically hit fairway, go to your ball, hit some nice approaches and have a nice week with the putter you can shoot very low totals around here i mean 9 21 under 19 under 22 under and 20 under the last three uh, four winners it the forecast looks like there's going to be some rain thursday maybe friday soften that golf course up so it's soft and receptive even more they might not need to get the hoses out um the wind looks you know typically mayakoba 5 to 15 miles, nothing, nothing major. It's just going to be another huge birdie fest, isn't it? In my opinion, it's just going to be low, low, low. Um, the other angle I'm looking at, and I find this fascinating, you know, we Paul's mentioned Matt Wallace, where he is in the world. You, this week, we've got Brendan Todd at 47th. These guys are scared, staring at a barrel this week. It's their last PGA Tour outing. Todd 47th, the defending champion. Fowler, 49th. Streelman, 52nd. Reavy, 54th. Connors, 55th. Henley, 56th. So they're literally staring this World 50 bubble in the face. Some are fighting to stay in it. Some are fighting to get back into it. And, you know, in the case of um, Corey Connors, it'd probably be the first time he's ever made the World's Top 50. You've you've even got Zalatoris at sixty if he had a good week all of a sudden yeah. Wills Alatoris cracks the world's top 50 yeah. masters right here cusp, we come Yep. Yeah. and I don't know and this is the kind of thing that I've been looking at here does a Cesare when he's really up against it knowing he's got to have a big huge week this week has he got it has he got the materials Corey Connors he's been chipping away hasn't he 10th here 10th there 11th here 12th there now he's literally staring this and it's got to be right, top seven, top eight finished Corrie this week, or you're not making the world's top fifty. It's Russell Henley, you know, I've been popular on him recently. I didn't see so much from him at the RSM to all of a sudden the putt has gone really cold again, and you've got to think, is that a mental thing? They, you know These are players that aren't used to playing under that intense pressure to hit a achieved target. Dunno. And Ricky Fowler at 49th, he is fascinating for me. I tell you, if I could have got Ricky at 40 to one this week, I would have actually backed him. I really would, because he's got a great course record. There's again green shoots. He's hitting a lot of fairways. He's very, very good with his fairway hitting at the moment. He's hitting an ever increasing amount of greens. But I just 22 to one. I just there is a 30 to one price out there at the moment. That's not a bad bet, I think, because Fowler's got to perform this week. He's got to keep that top fifty. If he if he plays badly this week, does he jump on a net jet and fly down to Dubai? (laughs) The offer's there, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I expect a lot of these players are going to. I don't know. Can you find your form that quickly?
0: The thing with Fowler is, I, I mean, I was looking at this earlier. He literally, if he can get a nice top thirty finish, he's safe. That top fifty berth is, is pretty much tied up.
1: Do you know? Do you know what the funny thing is about when you know you only really need to get to a top twenty finish? Much like you know you need to just make the cut. Inevitably, that's where you will end up finding yourself settling in the tournament. Yeah, I think Whereas, if, if 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 you know if you think about remember Ian Poulter needing to win the tournament at the Houston Open before the Masters to get in.
0: Yeah,
1: That was his goal. No, There was no doubt, no cloudiness in, in his uh, goal for the week. It was do that. But if you're sitting there, Ricky Fowler going, a top 20 gets me locked in. Watch oh, me. Yeah. In. Where is he most likely to finish in around the top 20? For him to go that little bit above it, it might take a, a lucky birdie or two to kind of really kick him into the, the the conversation about the high end. I'm not not saying he can't do it. Um, but it's not but an attractive bet at twenty two to one, is it? Absolutely not. No, as big a fan as I am of his, and like I watched the, the podcast he did with um, Colton Ost uh, mm-hmm. and starts on the golf.com. and. Still, I mean, I don't know how long ago they recorded that, but it still sounds like he's not quite there mentally in mm. the work he's doing on his game. But, I mean, that can all change in a heartbeat. It can, but it seems like when these guys are going through these processes, it just takes a lot of actual... It's not about finding that something. It just takes time for it to process in the background before they can feel really comfortable with what they yeah. have going on. And, it didn't sound to me like he's fully there yet. That could if, have changed in the last if, few weeks. If, if Fowler, he wins, amazing. If,
0: I think you're right. If Fowler gets that mid position, that 25th, 20th, 22nd spot, he'll breathe a huge sigh of relief and go, well, let's go and enjoy some Christmas, do some practicing because I've got mm. everything locked up for next year. But yeah. Yeah. And like you I said, it wasn't it, 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 was f- it doesn't shout to me, I must back 22 to 1, Ricky Fowler. No, no me neither. Um, I've actually stayed away from all of those players. Um, there's there's an angle here in terms of world ranking. Um, English was 68th in the world. Hoffman was 90th. GMAT was 82nd. Kuchar was the highest ever OWGR. He was 40th, which actually in mid-November, I don't think Kuchar would have been in, he wasn't in serious danger of dropping out the top 50, but clearly he thought, you know, he wanted to find form and get a victory. He hadn't won for a while. And then you get the likes of Perez, Keziah and Todd who were a lot deeper in the world rankings but came here hot fire. Um, Perez came off a top five or top six. Keziah had finished something like 10th uh, and I think another couple of uh, top five or maybe two before winning this. And then Todd won the Bermuda Championship and two weeks later, lo and behold, wins this. So they're the angles I'm taking. Um, I'm, taking I'm taking a couple of players in that sort of 60 to 70 spot in the official world golf rankings. I'm taking a player ensconced in the top 50 with no world ranking pressure at all, but he's actually starting to find his feet. And I'm hoping that at a good price, um, he'll go well this week because he's been playing some awful stuff until Augusta two weeks ago. And then I've gone for a couple of players who are absolutely white fire at the moment, who are in that deep official world golf ranking spot where they're not worried. They're just coming here to play and keep the momentum going. So that's where I'm at. I'm, I've got five tips. Um, the shortest is 50 to one for me. So I've got 50, 55, 70, and two 100 to one tips.
1: I'd Just just to, just, been... just to confirm, I did not write these tips for Steve this week because that's <laughs> right in my wheelhouse for, for points. Like.
0: I know. But this is the point. It, the, the, the golf, this tournament averages, the winning price is 79 to one. Um, the shortest we've ever had was Aris English at twenty-five to one. G Mac won at thirty threes, and then it grows up to about one hundred and ten to one, which was Todd last year. Bearing in mind, he just won the Bermuda Championship, and he then won this again at one hundred and ten to one. And I remember it so well; everyone was slapping their foreheads, going, "I can't believe we didn't back Brendan Todd at one hundred and ten to one or hundred to one to win this. Yeah. It was so obvious." But he went. Oh well, you, someone like Brendan Todd's not going to win twice on the trot. It don't happen, and the value's gone out of his prop. And yeah, lo and behold, he, he he played again. Like he he was fantastic in this last year, wasn't there, he? And he was, almost went three straight. Yeah, he did, didn't he? The there was a week after. in between he it. third.
2: There was a week in mm-hmm. between the wins, wasn't there? So it wasn't yeah, as it was. if he just like you know, jumped straight from one to another and and did it literally no. back to back. There was a uh, there was a little gap, which may well have helped him.
0: Yeah. I'll be quick. I'll go in reverse order. Um, I like players also that have been really... Hit, especially, as I said earlier, short court, short game experts, chippers and putters, who are playing well, nicely, accurately, and hitting lots of greens at the moment. First one is Peter Malnati. I mean, he's obvious. Malnati has really stepped up for me recently. Form of 48, 21st, 5th, 2nd. The 5th was at the Shriners Open three appearances ago. And then he, he was runner-up to Sergio at the Sanderson Farms. I think that 48th and 21st, I was on him at Bermuda when he finished 21st. He was first round leader. It got really whippy, 25, 30 mile an hour gusts. I think that changes the tournament then. It's more kind of holding on. That's not Malnati. But give him a course where basically you can go out there and say, go and shoot 62, Peter. And actually the wind's going to be fairly calm. I think that's more Malnati's MO. Um He's just playing some really nice stuff across my trackers. He's got some excellent... I mean, he's 25th in this field for greens in regulation. This is Peter Malnati, for God's sake. Normally, he's like 144 out of 144. So he's clearly found something to, eat to green, and we just know he's an excellent putter. And you also look at where he's won across his career. He's won in Tennessee. He's won in Brazil. He's won in Mississippi. Warm, southerly states, all down in Brazil. He yes. likes this kind of agronomy. Um, and he also has some decent results by the coast. Plantation course at Kapalua. I think there's a huge correlation with Sony. Sony Open at Walei. He's finished 12th there this year. Pebble Beach, Harbour Town. He's got top 20s across all of these places. He's also got a 15th and 10th here. I think Malnati could really step up to the mark this week. Um, good shout, Malnati. If we're taking this Bermuda Championship, I'm not... You know, make a lot of these older guys they find some form uh, stuart sink did it earlier this year he won the Safeway at a crazy price and then the next two outings he finished 12th and then he also banged in a fourth place at the bermuda championship strike while the irons are hot really while i'm playing well i can actually guarantee myself a top 70 spot in the fedex cup playoffs i'll be playing the bmw championship in august big money big dollars and they know that you know these two or three or four Outings where the form and everything's good, they'll they'll wane away. So they make hay while the sun shines. I think Brian Gay this week, hundred to one with Paddy Power eight places. Why is Brian Gay going to have a bad week again? Fifteenth for greens in regulation, fourth for driving accuracy, sixth for total accuracy, and sixth for putting average. Last time out in Bermuda when he won, I'll take the hundred to one. He's a course winner. He's won at El Chameleon here in 08, Harbour Town in 09, Southwind in 09, PGA West in 2013, and you know winning totals, 20 under par, 18 under par, 25 under par, he won PGA West in 2013. He can just go low when the birdies are there. And again, he's taken a couple of weeks off since the win. I don't see that as a bad thing. He's probably enjoyed himself, probably kept the game ticking over. I would have thought he's arriving here on a golf course where he's got a top five and a win, licking his chops, thinking, "See what? Let's go again. Let's have another good week."
2: Yeah, fill those coffers. Yeah, he's in the Masters
0: Brendan's next off. year. He's coming in with no expectations. Let's just play good golf, yeah. Mm. So yeah. I can see Gay and Malnati at treble triple digits. Um, another one. He's metronomic, T to green, strokes gained, and also just accuracy. GIR. Whenever you look at his numbers recently, they're outstanding. He's playing some of the best golf in the world from tee to green. Adam Long, a point each way, 70 to 1. The other thing I like about Long, second here last year. I mean, that's obvious. He won the 2019 Desert Classic at PGA West. He shot 26 under par that week, beating um, Phil Mickelson. Um, and also, he's got some great form on Pass, pass Barlam. Eighth and fifth. At the Corrales Championship, we were on him this year when he was fifth. He had a really good shot of winning the Corrales and then um, didn't convert on the Sunday. But he's 75th in the world, Adam Long. And that actually stacks up very nicely with some of those official world golf rankings that we've seen of winners here. Someone come in here confident. He had 11th two outings ago, top 20-odd at the RSM again last week, or last outing. I can see Adam Long going very well at 70-1. to The one guy at the elite end of the official World Golf Rankings where there's a bit of value in his price, I um, watched Pat Mayo this morning, and he was saying that over at DraftKings Sportsbook in the States, he opened at 60-1 to this week. Mark Leishman? 13th at the Masters two weeks ago, um, or three weeks ago. He was... Fourth for for ball striking, sixth for total accuracy. So basically the amount of fairways and the amount of greens hit combined. And he was fifth for greens in regulation. He finished with a 68, which was tied best final round of Sunday at Augusta. I just think he's going to come here thinking, do you know what? I've actually finally found the ball striking that's been missing for a long, long time. You actually dug out, Paul, didn't it? That greens and regulation number was the best he's hit for over like fifteen
2: months, something like that. He's yeah, he seems to improve massively, doesn't he? And you know, one one example doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna, you know, it could be a fluke. But we know with Leishman, he's a. a a very capable player, and he's a player who can get over the line. He can shoot low as well, can't he? There's there's lots to like with him this week.
0: He can shoot very, very low. He's got a great record by the coast. I mean, his record at the Open Championship made me uh, made me kind yeah. of blink. It was fifth at Hoylake, second at St Andrews, and sixth at Birkdale yeah. across 14, 15, and 17. It's not as if the guy can't play linksy coastal golf. He can yeah. also shoot crazy under par, like you said, uh, 26 under and 23 under, he won the BMW Championship in 17 and the CIMB Classic in 2080. Um, I just think he's going to get here and rather than kind of feet up, let's have a few tequilas and have a laugh, I think he's going to... Do you know what? I'm actually starting to play some good golf. Let's see what we can do this week. 55 to 1. I fancy that. The other great thing about it, Barry pointed this out to me last week. Um, Leishman won the twenty. 18, was it? Ned Bank Challenge? Yeah. yeah in nice. Dece- in the month of December. Yeah. And actually, you look at when he goes back to Australia, 4th, 6th, 8th, 4th and 2nd in the Australian PGA Championship. I know it's a grade or two down. But he doesn't just turn up at these pl- these tournaments in December and miss the cut. He's got a win, a 4th, a 6th, an 8th, a 4th and a 2nd. He's
1: got to get money for the Christmas presents. There's obvious motivation there. <laughs> That'll do me,
0: mate. 55 to 1 on Mark Leishman in this yeah. field. Yeah. And you've got Abraham Answer being back to the hilt at 16 to 1. He's never won on the PJ Tour. Bear in mind, Leishman's won five times and won this year at Torrey Pines by the coast. Sign me up. The other one, uh, 50 to 1. Again, a guy that's coming off a win. A guy that's. I was, again, blinking when I actually read this statistic. He's in the top uh, top 60... Uh, let me find it. I think he's like 67th or something like that in the world. So he won't be coming here going, oh, you know, he's, he's not a Corey Connors or a... It's not directly in front of him. He's, oh, my God, I've really got to do something this week. Um, he is 65th in the world. He finished second here last year. It's Carlos Ortiz. Now everyone's going crazy on Answer, and clearly everyone in the media will be talking to Abraham Answer and reminding him that he's never won on the PGA Tour. And wouldn't it be good if you won here, Abraham? And this (laughs) this course suits you brilliantly, Abraham. Oh, winning! You're in, you know, you're in the final group at the Masters, Abraham. You're playing some wonderful stuff.
1: I mean, the local, the local journos are really going to torpedo his chances this week, aren't they? And then Carlos struts in, one in Houston. Oh, well done, Carlos. You bro-
0: I think he's got the actual MO to do brilliantly here. Second last year. Best thing of all with Ortiz is he's already won in Mexico. So he's from Guadalajara. He won the 2014 Mexico Championship on the Corn Ferry. Yeah. So he's actually a Mexican that's won in Mexico try and find others. I don't think you're going to struggle at a professional level at a Corn Ferry or a PGA Tour that there aren't any. So he's already delivered in Mexico which, you know, for a young player five years ago, that's a that's that's a good call for me. I noticed as well that 2014 series. I remember when he hit the PGA Tour. He was one of these kind of guys that five years ago was going to be the next big thing because he'd won three times on the Corn Ferry. He just strung result, result, result together. Um, I just think Ortiz I remember last year we were all very impressed with how well that guy played solid solid stuff And bearing in mind he literally has just won his first PGA Tour victory going head to head with Dustin Johnson on a Sunday on the back nine beating him Dustin Johnson the week after then goes and wins the Masters do you think Ortiz is going to be coming in here confident yeah I think so He's had a couple of weeks off. He did the same last year. Fourth at Houston, finished second here. I think he's probably targeting this and going, do you know what, I'm going to give it my damnedest to really give it a huge effort this week. So I took the 50-1. to one. Carlos Ortiz, who's hitting greens for fun at the moment and putting beautifully. So Ortiz at 50s, Leishman at 55s, Long at 70s, and then Gay and Malnati at 100-1. to one. Those are my five.
2: Hmm. Very good. Okay. Yeah, I like the I like the rationale with all of those. I must say, Leishman for me was the one that stuck out of the five that you uh, you put up. But uh, I can see the logic with Brian Gay as well. There's um, there's a good case to say that he could uh, follow in the same footsteps as um, as Brendan Todd from last year. Um, I back to a
1: couple. I'll go and back again. Sorry, and just say, am to become a better golfer than Ricky Fowler, right, Steve? <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's had Get he's your... had
0: more wins recently than Ricky. Yeah, yeah, getting your
1: cheeky job in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the one that got me with Ricky was he hasn't he hasn't paid out for each way punters in a full field event since the Open Championship last year.
2: And oh, there's always twenty two to one. It's just it?
0: not really floating the boat, is it? Yeah, it's,
2: mm. it's a sure short, short price. Um, I've, I've backed a couple of longer okay. prices. Um, I've stuck with JJ Spawn at two hundred and fifty to one. I backed him at the RSM. Um, he finished what, 59th. But his long game looked all right. I put him up that week on the back of the nappy factor kind of element. Um, I'll continue with that. I'll stick with him for one more week. He was decent at the Safeway before that ninth. Four attempts here at the best of third, yeah. which was in 2018. Um, he was second for Green's regulation that week. He led the putting here in on debut in 2016. His web.com win came at 26 under, so he can shoot low as well. So quite happy to stick with him at 250 to one.
0: As Barry said at the top of the show, or we were discussing, these Corn Ferry grads that have had to earn their spurs shooting crazy, this is the kind of event where mm. it goes back to their sort of DNA. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, he's, he's proven he can get to that kind of level, hasn't he? Um, the other one mm. I've backed is the Kiridek Barnrat, Barn Rat, exactly the same price, 250 to 1. Mm. Um, he struggled this year generally, but 11th at Bermuda Championship on his last start was much mm. more like it. Um, debut here, but if you look at his European Tour record, it um, piques a bit of interest. 2015 win at the Paul Laurie Match Play was on the Merkar Links in Aberdeen, so some coastal form there. The Super Six win in 2018 was on another, um, was a track at Perth, which is just inland but by the um, by the coast and also breezy. And um, Kuala Lumpur won in 2013, that was his first win. That was on Pasbrom Greens. And in 2015, his other European tour win was at the Shenzhen International, which was also on Pasquale Green's. So whenever I look at Pasquale Green um, tracks on the European tour, Afib Arma is always one that pops to um, onto my shortlist, regardless of how he's playing. And the fact that he finished 11th on his last start of the PGA Tour, um, green light for me, 250-1. to 1, So... Um, I've gone for Spawn and Afi Barnrat. I will also back Matt Every first round leader, just in case, um, when the full field come, all, all of the odds are up for, for In the this field, market.
0: In this field, affy Barnrat, top 18 rank for driving accuracy, yeah. last eight weeks. Top eight for scrambling, and he's also in the top 25 for putting. So you're playing all right. If you can find some greens.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's the Come thing with
0: Barnrat. he can be one of the world's worst drivers on the planet but actually he seems to have gone back to brass tacks he's trying to rebuild from the base up again yeah. find some fairways find some green so it'll yeah. click at some point yep yeah. yeah. get that Barrett
1: uh, I'm a- oh, follow
0: me in on Mark Leishman. I know you
1: want to. I did. I did. I did. You've convinced me. I'm on. I'm on. And I'm, I've backed him not. backed him to miss the cut in, a, in an accumulator. So um, you've been. I found a, a long shot. I dug him out. He's uh, he's not been going the best recently. Well, that's but- good these days. <laughs> Well yeah, but he has a pretty ridiculous record around here. Uh, he's got a sixth, a seventh, a twenty-fifth, a fifth, and an eleventh in his last five outings. Oh, all. There we Garnett. go. I know. He's and, an absolute mass DraftKings play this week. And Gone. he's won on he's got a victory on Paspalum, and yep. uh, he's also showing as second in Strokes Game Putting in your eight week rolling yep. thing. And we need birdies this week, so mm. I've uh, I've grabbed Bryce Garnett. Yeah. he's he's not an amazing person for uh, getting the win but uh, looking, looking at his record I got 125s it's not bad I'll take a place payout I'll, uh, happily right now and uh, and and walk off into the Christmas sunset <laughs> so uh, I've also backed Adam Hadwin. a couple of good results around here but um, yeah I've kind of focused on long long odds and uh, course form. Rather than trying to find somebody who's playing well to match in with the place, uh, just yeah, it feels like the kind of track that yeah, can just make somebody feel very comfortable and get them out of whatever a funky track can get them out of a funk that they might be in form wise. So, yeah.
0: as per Robert Streb two weeks ago, right, Finding Robert Streb. I know. I have to, I, <laughs> Sorry I, I, for the I,
1: explicit I, tag, lads. <laughs> I won't mention
0: him next week because we're on the European tour. I won't need to. Um, our last show of the year, Paul. South African Open, please.
2: Yes, so we're an hour in. So I'll try and wrap through this in 10 minutes or so. If you want all of the detail, then pop along to the website where there's the full preview there. Um, South African Open, we're off to Sun City, which is normally the venue for the Nedbank Golf Challenge. It actually does mean we've got quite a lot of course form and there's some extended stats on the site this week. So um, if you're looking for form at Sun City, check out results for things like the Nedbank Bank Golf Challenge, the Royal Swazi Open, the Sun City Challenge, Dimension Data Pro-Am, Nash Golf Challenge as well. And There are a few winners in the field this week from those events in the past. Some of them were played two or three um, of the rounds on this particular uh, track at Sun City. Some of them, all of them. So bear it all with a pinch of salt, but there is some extended um, research that you keen golf punters can do should you want to go to that level of detail uh, last two winners of the South African Open on different tracks Brandon Grace 14-1 to 1. Louis Oosthausen 13-2 and the bookies are priced up that something similar is going to happen this year from a local so uh, Christian Buzwen who is the favourite 15-2 clearly won last week Dylan Fratelli 9-1 uh, after his 5th place finish at Augusta he was very impressive at Augusta actually to be fair Fratelli
0: Seventieth in the world, but yeah. nine to one.
2: Yeah, it's sure, short, but uh, you know, there's no one else who can boast that kind of form. To be fair, uh, Brandon Stone sixteen to one, Wilco Niederbar eighteen to one, Schrubbert uh, twenty to one, Scott jameson twenty twos. Sean Norris, George Kutsir, jo- Joost Lauten, 25 to 1. 28 to 1, bar those players that I've mentioned. So, clearly, the book has priced it that uh, one of the local guys at the very top is going to follow in the footsteps of Brandon Grayson and Louis, although it's never quite as easy as that, is it? Um, Gary Player Country Club, 7,834 yard pass, 72, played at altitude. Not the widest of fairways, slick bent grass greens. For me, Ball is the key stats here. Look at the last two winners of this, well not last two winners at the Sun City Gary Player track. Tommy Fleet with 12 under par last year. Lee West with the year before that 15 under. Um, and that gives us a clue, I think, to the type of game that you need to have to succeed around these parts weather actually, it's fairly untypical for the um, for the area. It's going to be wet at times. Friday, the maximum temperature is forecast to be 17 centigrades, so or 63 Fahrenheit. So that's pretty cool for this part of the world. And at this level of altitude, um, clearly the ball flies further, but um, if it's cool as well, then it probably is going to make it play quite long. And for me, the complexity here is weighing up this course form, um, as we've got from all the different levels on the Sunshine Tour and the European Tour. And also the fact it's a South African Open. And for the South Africans themselves, it's a pretty big um, affair to try and come and win this home open. So there's a lot of pressure on the local guys to, to perform. And uh, you tend to find a few of them fall by the wayside, particularly on the Sunday as the pressure starts to hit home. Um, I've back four this week, um, just one of them at the short end of the uh, pricing matrix. Um, that was Matthias Schwab. Um, I think he can break his maiden here, Schwab. He's a class above most of these players. the um, And Back end of last year, he really found some form um, at this kind of time of the year. Fifth at the Czech, um, Czech Open, eighth at Cran soussiere second at the Porsche, fourth in Italy, fourth at the WGC HSBC Championship, which was a decent level, second in Turkey. He was in that playoff that was eventually won, five-man playoff, I think, eventually won by Tyrrell Hatton, and he was Tyrrell part of that. Hatton, yeah. And that was the closest he'd come. You know, and though all of those events, and particularly the latter ones, are far stronger class than they're playing in this particular week. Um, warmed up nicely last week, 13th at Leopard Creek. His long game looked really good. He's been talking about his long game and how good it is on Twitter as well. Um, the... Bit that got me best result of the year so far was third at the Barracuda Championship on the PGA Tour. Yeah. And that track, um, you previewed it. Steve, the track over at Old Greenwood is one of these altitude tracks as well, isn't it? It yeah. Sits at about six thousand feet, and um, and yeah. You know, in terms of the metrics, in terms of the um the way that the ball was going to fly further, it's very similar to the uh to the numbers here. And he was excellent that week, tee to green. And. Um, you know, yeah. And in, in terms of that third place performance on a on a PGA Tour um, outing, again that's far better form than a lot of the players here can uh, can actually boast. So played here once before, forty first. I think there's a big improvement likely on that this week from Schwab at twenty to one. Um, second up Neil Shoy Cat um, apologies for the uh, pronunciation, but I'll go with that for now. Hundy cat
0: did you say or... <laughs> uh,
2: The way they pronounce it on the TV, it sounds like it's something that you wouldn't want to give your pet cat. Um, but uh, this, <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that sheety cat, shall we? Hundred to one. And um, one of the course forms, especially here this week, actually thirteen attempts, twelve cuts made, four top tens, and a win in twenty eighteen at the uh, at the Gary Player Country Club. And um, second year most recently in November in a modified stableford format. And um, he's a Joburg native. he attached the Royal, Royal Joburg and Kensington Golf Club, which used to host the Joburg Open before it shifted. Um, so he's got lots of altitude practice and experience under his belt. Um, 11th at the Joburg Open the week before last, and um, I think this is the kind of event that should suit him down to the ground at 100 to 1. Um, two more Oliver Farr, 140 to 1. Welshman is impressed lately with um, three Challenge Tour wins. He's also proven that he can get over the line in the past. Um, since lockdown, third at the Hero Open, ninth at the Scottish Championship. Both decent efforts there. Last couple of weeks, 30th at the Joburg Open, 20th at Leopard Creek. And in both events, he was inside the top 10, well inside the top 10 at halfway. So just needs a decent weekend and he could um, do some damage at 140-1. to 1. Got the right style of game as well, Oliver far. Um, very accurate, very good greens regulation when he's playing well. So um, he fits this track nicely. And um, as does Richard McEvoy at two hundred to one, the Englishman. Um, I th- I'll take a chance on him. He topped driving accuracy both times um, that they played in South Africa over the last two weeks. So he was the most accurate player in both instances. Also a former winner on the European Tour, he won the 2018 Porsche European Open a couple of years back and that came immediately after a win on the Challenge Tour the week before and perhaps he's peaking again um, 25th last week in the 40s the week before so progressing nicely. Um, he finished 60th, the only chance he's, at the time he's played here, he finished 60th at the back end of that same season, 2018 and for me, I'd have thought he'd just down tours by that point. It was job done in the season, job done in the year. Um, he got his card and everything was uh, everything was sorted. There's very little reason for him to, to, to go um, hell for leather for that particular week. His long game wasn't particularly good and he was awful at scrambling back then. So to see how well he's played from off the tee last two weeks and also he was second for scrambling last week at Leopard Creek as well. So some good metrics coming out of his game for a 200 to one shot, Richard McAvoy. So those four, just to recap, um, McAvoy, 200-1. to one. Oliver Farr, 140. Neil Shitty Cat, 100-1. to one. And <laughs> Matthias Schwab, 20-1. to is my four against the field. I
0: bet you're glad I'm you don't... Going, I'll, I'll jump in. I'm going to do a double. Go I'm going to do a Justin Thomas, Dylan Fratelli double this week.
2: What, on the you nose?
0: get... You often get these weeks, this time of the year, don't you? Just when it's all winding down, two ridiculously short prices. I mean, Fratelli, fifth at the Masters, nine to one. It's not the greatest of prices, but what do you expect? I mean, for him to win the South African Open, that'd be a big deal for Fratelli, and he's clearly playing some outstanding stuff. And if you can marry that up with, say, JT, if he just does the obvious and wins, i will take that double. There you go. Fratelli, JT, double for me.
2: Little save a double. I've done, um, in terms of doubles, I've done Wallace and um, Schwab um, each way double, both of them 20 yeah.
0: to one. Fratelli Wallace double as well. Yeah, that's interesting. I might have a little dabble in that as well, Fratelli Wallace on your two.
2: Plenty of options this week with three events, mm. so uh, you can slice and dice lots of uh, lots of picks. and. I would assume
0: that a win in this South African Open would get Fratelli very close to that 50 because he's 70th currently.
2: Yeah, again, it's it's not the most um, in terms of the the person, the number, you know, the, the the world ranking points. But uh, yeah,
0: but with who he jumped in a massive amount yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Last week, well, he went from sixty-one to to forty-one.
2: Yeah, it all helps, so, doesn't it? It all pushes mm. in the right uh, in the right direction. Damn Any it. catch your right there, Barry?
1: um this honestly this week feels like the the end of the night before the casino closes you know you're you're pretty drunk, you're loose and you're kind of chasing things even though I'm not chasing things but you know you want to get a couple of big big winners before before everything shuts up shop for Christmas and uh, even though the European tours continue this feels like a kind of a pin in the end of the season somewhat and the the rest is a little bit of a the after party so uh, no surprise I'm looking at three figure uh, golfers again. Um Trevor Fisher Jr mm. has many 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 uh, appearances here and uh among those he's got a yeah when when he makes the cut like he's his worst performance is 22nd in his last 9 years um so he's 300 to 1 he's coming off like ripping hot form of miscut and 60th so I'm well, excited can yeah 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 i mean so that's like a, they're all doing. <laughs> there's uh, I'm, I'm just glad he um he's just been pulling back a bit to make his price go 8 to 300 to 1 cheers um i actually took him at a little shorter than that for more places so um yeah that's trevor fisher and who is the other one i was eyeing up there uh, J.C. Richie, is this the right tournament? There's so many tournaments this week—it's a killer. Yeah, J.C. Richie uh, has a third and a sixth here. His last two outings. Uh, again, I was really focused on his incoming hot form of miscut, miscut. You know, just to lower his expectations uh, and increase his price. So, uh, hoping he just uh, is a happy man when he's on this golf course and just bangs in another top six minimum. Yeah, some of
2: the some of the locals will be clearly targeting this is their kind of the pinnacle to their end of season so um it wouldn't surprise me to see a few of them jump back from a, a string of poor form and uh, put in a contending performance if you can pick the right one out then uh, as you've just shown the the numbers can be
1: big that's the thing it's a uh, blind dart throwing which is uh you know why not <laughs> give it a shot it could happen
0: We've managed to get through three golf tournaments in an hour and 11 minutes. Well done, gentlemen.
1: I hope you enjoyed it,
0: listeners. It's uh, We will have one more podcast this year, which will be for the DP World Tour Championship, which is next week. Paul, Barry and myself will be back for that one. And then the rest of December into January we will be recharging our batteries. I wish you luck this week, gentlemen, especially yeah. you, Paul. Yeah, I, I do some <laughs> it'd, it'd be nice to get a few through the cut line. Yeah, yeah.
2: it would. Well, the, the, the good thing this week, Steve, is the, the fields are a little bit shorter, so there's there's a little bit more chance of them actually making it through to the weekend. So we live in hope.
0: You know what's going to happen, Barry. Someone, on one of his will get a good start and he'll, he'll get overexcited <laughs> on the Thursday. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've, got, I've got one in fifth place.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the internal chats are great when <laughs> these things happen I, I, I am not immune from the early excitement <laughs> no. so no. Uh, no, I know it's know. good Yeah, yeah. Well, look, we've got a tournament. Like, we wake up tomorrow; there'll be guys on the course. So, Mm. your day will be very strongly um, dictated by what you see on the first leaderboard you check tomorrow morning. Yeah, now now Barry,
2: when you when when you wake up, when it's halfway through the round on a um, on the morning, and they're playing, they've been playing for three or four hours. Do you start at the bottom of the leaderboard and slowly scroll up, or do you start at the top and go down?
1: I'm a sicko, but I'm not that sick. I, I go from the top. Yeah, yeah, no, I just uh, I I couldn't go to the bottom and go all the way up. That's that's a pessimistic way of approaching it, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping to see my guys up near the top, and um, yeah, go go, go with a good out, out yeah, positive outlook from the start. You go from the bottom, then, do you?
2: It depends how I'm feeling about that particular tournament, but uh, mm. yeah, sometimes just for a bit of fun and a bit of a change, I'll start at the bottom and slowly scroll up.
0: <laughs> Whenever well, like, I do that, I'll, I'll have, you'll scroll through forty places and go, "Oh, I haven't got one in the bottom 40 and then all of a sudden you get four clumped together, like tied ninety sixth.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah, one
0: over part. Yeah.
1: No. That, that's that's like to, it's that's like doing a scratch card, you know? You're like <laughs> yeah. ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. And then, I know. and then and then and then you actually realise he's withdrawn and <laughs> <That's laughs> yeah. 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 yeah,
2: well, I've missed his, his name. Where the Yeah. Where <laughs> Yeah, that's
0: uh, very good true. stuff right thank you for your time gentlemen have a good, yeah, cheers, uh, have a good week we'll, I'll speak to you again next week and thank you listeners we'll be back next week for the DP World Tour Championship Race to Dubai closing event goodbye